Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Studio B. It is Studio I call this B. the inner court on the stage. It is, and if you could see, we're getting ready for Purim, right? We've got our, That's right. our, our gold, That's you know, right. and we've got some cool stuff to talk about with gold today. You know, that's right. Yeah, we do. We do. We've got, uh, you know, little props and stuff here for you. I got our Ethiopian coffee. Praise yes. God. You know, I'm very thankful for that. And, uh, you know, we've got some water and our Bibles. We're ready to go. You know, this is, this is how you set up. This is how you do it. You know, just for the folks at home who are wondering how this you do it. This is how we do it. This is, this is how it's done. I don't know. Maybe not. It maybe not. <laughs> We've been having microphone issues today with the little microphone stand. We decided to use a different table, and it's just not—it's just not cutting it. So, um, anyway, so a couple things going on. We are getting ready for Purim, and you know, Purim is important for Christians to understand, right? It's the story of Esther. We know that Purim means lots, right? Because they cast lots um, in uh, the story of Esther, and. What it's important to note, though, is that if it weren't for the book of Esther and the story of Esther, we wouldn't have a Bible today, and we wouldn't have Jewish people today, and we would have never had if Yeshua. If there was a, a true genocide taking place. Yeah. Right, our Messiah, right? So so this story of Purim and the bravery uh, and the courage of Esther, I think, is an important thing to celebrate, especially for us today. And so here, uh, this coming Shabbat, February 27th, we are going to be celebrating the uh, Feast of Purim. It is not a commanded biblical feast, right? This is a, right. This is a uh, you know, how you get uh, spankings when you're a kid for when you have a birthday, you know? You get one for every year, and then you get one for good luck. This is one for good luck, right? This is one of the extra bonus package features. Well, it kicks off the new feast cycle. It does. It does. It's, it's 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 kicking off the next feast cycle, and it's like a book ends, and then Purim is here, and then Hanukkah is about assimilation. So you got a genocide that was going to happen, mm-hmm. and then assimilation. Yeah. So basically, we have uh, two bookends. Yeah. So and if the enemy's not going to get you through genocide, <coughs> well, he's going to try to come over here on the other end. And of and get course, you we have the color coded biblical calendar. Oh, we could I, actually uh, email you that as well. I do. I actually and, have. Um, Yellow is caution. That's right. So just remember this, everyone. Uh, with yellow being caution, we are here. It's like an S curve throughout the year that we got to be mindful of, sober and vigilant. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but just be reminded that remember last year mm-hmm. around this time of Purim, COVID nineteen broke out and sure shut did. the world down. Was that a caution? It sure did. Yeah, well, absolutely. It's the is. first time that the, even the Olympics were canceled. So let's, let's let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to be uh, studying the Torah. I mean, this is Christians with Torah, uh, and we're going to take the principles of the Torah. We're going to apply them to our lives today, and we're going to have a good time doing it. Amen. That's right. Amen. And All so, right. So uh, what do we got here? So this week's Torah portion is Tetzaveh, which means "You shall command." It is the Torah portion found in the Book of Exodus, starting in chapter twenty-seven and verse twenty, and ending in chapter thirty and verse ten. So just another friendly reminder for all of you, in the book of Exodus, this is a a book of redemption. A key word is the word deliver. And I love this one. A key expression, as the Lord commanded Moses. Mm. Relevant for today. As the Lord commanded Pastor Nick. Ooh. See? So chapters 1 through 18 is about deliverance. Chapters 19 to 40 is about worship. And of course, the Sinai instructions. Uh, what's really cool about this is it goes from groan to glory. There's a total of 40 chapters. And right now we're all into Israel at, at Sinai, the law, the pattern and, and construction, uh, God's glory manifested in worship, all these cool things. And so we have this from groan to glory. So here we have the book of Exodus, the little intro there, a little survey, uh, Old Testament survey of the book of Exodus. And of course, last week we had the um, Torah portion Teruma, which is offering. We had some furniture being built. That's right. We had the Ark uh, of the Covenant. We had the Table of Showbread, the Menorah, and, of course, the Altar of Burnt Offering. There's a total of six items that are going to be built. Last week, we discovered an 
covered for them. So let's let's jump right in here, Ryan. Uh, we have, of course, in Exodus chapter 27, verse 20 through chapter 28, verse 12, we have servicing the menorah and the high priest's clothing. That's right. And so uh, when servicing the menorah, only pure beaten olive oil could be used for the menorah. So you know how there's like you go to the store and you get extra virgin olive oil. This was like extra, extra, extra virgin olive oil, right? The very, very first of what came out of the olive, um, rather than being put through a chemical process or a heavy press, this was a manual process that they used in order to make this. Um, and it was a, almost a clear color, the, uh, the oil like that the they would use. I like the cold-pressed yeah. olive oil. yeah. And so uh, the menorah was to burn continually. And so as they're surfacing it, right, like um, the menorah was continuously burning, so they were never going to allow it to go out. So every day there was priests coming and making sure that the lights were on and that somebody was home. <laughs> and that's the way you had lights in the inner court. That's correct, because there's no windows. There's no windows. Yeah. So they would service that menorah every morning and every evening. They would service it. And so the wicks were actually the priest's clothing. Cotton. Right, 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 right. So they would replace that and put the oil in there, and they would service it. Uh, every every, uh, and that's cool day. too because you have you know old clothes, right. you know, and then you're able to turn them into wicks, you know, and then oh, boom, yeah. and then you light it's them on cotton. fire and burn it. So so it's interesting how that all worked, and of course, um, the menorah is a, is a picture of uh, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, do you have oil in your lamp? Do you have oil? Remember, in your there's lamp? ten virgins, but five are foolish. Yep. It's interesting, you know, the, the five said to the other five, hey, give us some of your oil. They're like, no, if I give you my oil, I won't have, any. I won't have the Holy Spirit. Right. And, of course, the menorah is a picture of the light. And remember, uh, there, there's actually a mention in Revelation that if you don't change your ways, I'm going to remove, remove your candlestick. So yeah, yeah. That I'm going to take the Holy Spirit from you, and then you're going to be lost and, you know, floundering in the dark. Right. And what's cool is, you know, you can, uh, you know, you ever done that, that little uh, exercise where, like, you have a single candle that's lit <coughs> and then you light somebody else's candle and they're lighting other people's candles and then like you know everybody can share right. in the light amen and that yeah. the more that you do that the brighter the light gets yeah and so that's the idea here with the holy spirit right is that we so. take the spirit in us and of course the servant candles the shamash in the middle then three and three to the left and the right uh very interesting you know uh it said that uh when yeshua was born when he came to israel and he was born in bethlehem and that a light was shining upon Israel. Right. And so as he would be growing up and beginning his ministry, it's kind of interesting that there's a mention there that men love darkness yeah, more, more than, than light. light. Amen. So that's why we can't just, you know, these churches that remain closed is not good. A church is a light. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to be a light on a hill. Right. So if you put that light out, then that's when sin can come in and darkness. Yeah. And they've already proven, they've done studies where churches have been removed from neighborhoods or areas and crime went up. So think about it. When we say, oh, look, there's another church, praise God. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's some form of light, whether it's a floodlight or a nightlight or some kind of light is shining forth. You know, last you week know. we read the verses in Revelation, and we were talking about Yeshua being that servant candle, that Shamish candle. And what's cool about that is you literally read that he's in the midst, right, right. of it, and, and how then you have the branches uh, coming off and the, and the seven candlesticks that are there. Let's so. jump into the uh, uniforms, the priestly uniforms, Ryan. Yep. Let's jump into that. Yep, so there's, uh, there's six garments that were made for Aaron, uh, the high priest, and this can be found uh, starting in chapter 28 and verse 4. And the six items that were made were uh, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a broidered coat, a miter, and a girdle. And so the names of the children of Israel were engraved on the two onyx stones that were on the shoulders. So this right. is the high priest outfit. Absolutely. Not the regular, all no, the other No, 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 this is specifically for Aaron, the high for Aaron the He's high priest. He's got six layers, six things. Right. <coughs> and uh, six names of the tribes were put on each stone. And so he had one on either shoulder. Um, and so it says here in, in verse 12 of chapter 28, And thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for the stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial. And so think about it. Um, when you th people say, oh, he has a lot of weight on his shoulders, right? And so you know, Aaron or in the high priests that follow him, they literally have the weight of the whole nation on their shoulders with the tribe's names on them, because they go before the Lord as the mediator representing the people of Israel. You know, it's interesting that 
on the high priest, it would be a reflection of other tribes. Right. Six and six. Yep. Himself included Levi, but yeah. six and six. But it's interesting, like even in the military, your rank would be on the shoulders. Right. There's rank. Yeah. Or insignia or some things. I'd like to go back and see um, shoulder signs in the military or huh. among the cultures. What goes on the shoulders that, you know, because the, the enemy always wants to imitate or counterfeit, you know, something and twist it or whatever. For sure. So uh, the city of Shechem means on the shoulders of. So we have Mount Gerizim and we have Mount Ebal. So remember, the blessing was pronounced on Mount Gerizim, but the cursing was pronounced uh, that if you don't do these things, this is the curse on Mount Ebal. But just a little reflection, and just so everybody knows, no area is cursed in Israel. Right. It's, it's not that Mount Ebal is cursed. Uh, not even Tel Aviv, as secular as it is, is not cursed. Right. Uh, and so anyway. Well, and you know, you had six tribes on one and six tribes on right. the other. So it's just making a statement there in the witnesses, you know. And of course, uh, we have, once again, the city of Shechem means on the shoulders of, and that's where Joseph's tomb is. That's the modern day Arab city of, I believe, Nablus. It is. And I think they estimate 200,000 Arabs living down in there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where Jacob's well. Jacob's field is there, yeah. The field Jacob's that he purchased well. and, the, and the well. So let's, let's get into the, uh, go into the breastplate of judgment, yep. Ryan. So we're going to break down some of these, uh, some of these items. Um, the first one being <coughs> what's called the breastplate of judgment. And so the breastplate was made of gold, blue, purple, scarlet, and fine twined linen. Which is cotton. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like Egyptian cotton sheets. The higher the thread count, the more comfort. Yeah. Well, we know they were shepherds, so they also had wool, right? And then they also were farmers, so they had, you know, the cotton. Um, so it's, it's something that they would have had available to them. Now, uh, there were 12 stones that were placed onto the breastplate. And so these stones were uh, sardius, topaz, carbuncle, emerald, sapphire, diamond, ligure, uh, agate, amethyst, beryl, onyx, and jasper. Just real quickly, if we could just go back to those colors, Ryan, yeah. of the breastplate made of gold. So what, what does gold represent as a color? Would it be the Godhead? I would think God. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, divinity. Yeah, divine. And then, of course, uh, then we have blue. What does the color blue represent in the Bible? Mm. Heaven, the sky, heaven. Mm. Okay. Uh, purple would be what? Royalty. Um, yeah, purple would be royalty. Royalty. And then, of course, scarlet would be what? You know, redemption, yeah. sin. And then the fine twine linen is white. You know? Yeah. So we have those that color scheme there, which is kind of interesting, and it all has a purpose. Just like the types of metal that are used in in the in the tabernacle of Moses, the gold's on the inside in the inner court. Then when you hit the outside, you get into like brass and copper, which is like judgment. It's not as good. Right. And then silver's redemption. Always silver represents redemption. And you'll see that there were silver sockets that were placed around. Mm. So you had redemption. All the twenty around. pieces of silver, thirty pieces of silver. It's all yeah. redemption. Yep. So somebody. we have 12 stones for 12 tribes, Ryan. Isn't yep. that kind of cool? Now, I want to bring something up in our culture that might reflect the, the actual true pattern that God has given us. You know, we ask, why is the world doing what it's doing? You know, Like Flavor Flav and the big clock? Oh, there you go. But the big <laughs> breastplate. <laughs> so I want to bring this out so you guys can be familiar with it, you know, as, as we see all the counterfeits in our culture. But we need to understand, well, why do we even care? Give you an example. So what's your birthstone, Ryan? Uh, I believe mine is Amethyst. Like a light amethyst? Because every month has a birthstone. Yeah, I was born in I, June. I think May is emerald. Yeah. I think it's like a green. Yeah, I think so. So that's why I really can't have anything against the, the Irish. <laughs> so does everybody pick up on that? Yeah, we understand that. Now, how about this one? I love this one. This one of my favorite ones. The Chinese zodiac has 12 symbols, and the Chinese New Year began on February the 12th, 2021. Now, I took a humanities course in college, and I passed. It was great. I think it was humanities one and two. But I love to study culture and everything, you know, because mm-hmm. we have our own culture here. We do, yeah. So, once again, we go into the year of the ox. And lastly, 2020 was the year of the rat. Right. So, they're, they're hoping, right, with COVID and everything worldwide. So, the, the Asian countries and I've, uh, my, my barber, she's... Um, Chinese, actually, and uh, we were talking about this on, because she was cutting my hair on the Chinese New Year, and, you know, she was saying, yeah, everybody's hoping that we're going to go from the year of the rat, which was an awful year with 2020, into the year of the ox, and that we're going to have strength and, you know, all these things. You know? It's interesting that the, the ox is a fascinating animal. Yeah. Remember, yeah. even I think up in heaven, the seraphim, one of the faces is an ox, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. And they say that, like, the ox... Um, or even the bull, 
is representative of Ephraim and Judah, the two horns. That's right. You know, so I would say that this is kind of interesting, too, because we, we, we look at how powerful our culture is. And uh, actually, I was putting my notes together. But on Sunday, I went to P.F. Chang's <laughs> and I wanted yeah. to get me some ramen like soup and noodles and yeah. beef. And they they've got always this got thing. a giant horse idol and, out and front. And they got every this time. thing. Yeah, the horse is fine. <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to get up on that. It's too no, big. No, it's too big. I'm not getting a picture of that. Hey, help me get up here. So to make a long story short, I saw the Ox is the New Year for 2021 gift cards. Oh, gotcha. Then when I went to Starbucks, Starbucks has the Year of the Ox <coughs> yeah. gift cards from Starbucks. So yep. they're acknowledging the Chinese Zodiac, which is a counterfeit of the 12 tribes, Ryan. And the Hebrew, you know, it's a, calendar. It's, it's, a, it's a counterfeit, you know. And it's like, oh, look, I'm a rat. Well, no, you're not. You dirty rat. My wife and I, if I look back on it, the years we were born, I was born in 67 in, in May. My wife was April of 79, but we're sheep. Yeah. And it's interesting. Both our Torah portions uh, are in are in Leviticus. <laughs> That's why it's my favorite book. That's a I was back. born into it. So if I'm not mistaken, I think my Torah portion is the feast days. But I have to go back and look, and I think my wife's got a portion in there as well. So I'm just bringing this up to everyone that look at our culture and what it's trying to, to, to force on us or, you know, to, to assimilate us, you know. And so people say, oh, look, the Chinese Zodiac. You ever go to the Chinese restaurant and it's right there and you pick your year? Oh, look, hi, you're a snake. And I know I'm not. Look, yeah, you're all I am. You know, it, it's a bummer. So yeah. my thing is, let's talk about the 12 tribes. Yeah. God is restoring, regathering the whole house of Israel. He sure is. He didn't write Torah in your mind and your heart, Ryan, for us to sit around and do nothing. We're supposed to snatch people no, out of fire. We're supposed didn't. to do a lot of things. So, so let's 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 just move on. Yeah, I want to read uh, Exodus chapter twenty-eight, uh, verse twenty-one. It says here, "And the stones shall be with the names of the children of Israel, twelve according to their names, like the engravings of a signet. Every one with his name shall be according to the twelve tribes." So, just as you're mentioning. But on this ephod, they have the 12 stones, one stone per tribe, and then they have it engraved, the name of each tribe engraved <coughs> on each one of the stones. Now, I had a thought, because in whatever order you try to list out the tribes, the tribe of That's Joseph. Tricky, yeah. yeah, it is. You right to left. And exactly. But, but the 11th tribe is Joseph, no matter how you slice it. And the 11th stone, and the middle one, because it would be in the middle between... 10 and 12, because 11 falls between 10 and 12. So you don't have to figure out, is this on the left side or the right side or any of that stuff. Interesting. Is the onyx stone. Onyx. And yet, the onyx stone is also the stone used to have six tribes and six tribes on the shoulders. And if that's not enough, the city of Shechem, that's deep. Mount Gerizim, are both in the territory of Ephraim and Mount Ebal being, I believe, in the territory of Manasseh, but you know, being in it's Joseph's there, yeah. territory. Interesting. So you have the onyx stone, right? And you have the onyx stones representing both. And so I just I see that kind of as a symbol for, you know, knowing that Joseph is gonna have the birth or has the birthright. Joseph being that, you know, firstborn blessing, um, firstborn birthright tribe and then having that stone be in those three places and then again like we mentioned Shechem being in you know, the, his territory but here's the cool thing though Ryan as we look at our creator you know he loves jewels and stones yeah and he's just he's into that you know and I'm not going to get into it right he now created but them, right? in Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 13 we have the anointed cherub Satan had precious stones within him he's three stones short of an gold. ephod though is, isn't gold mentioned on the breastplate Yes, yes, now, absolutely. For the sake of time, I'm not going to get into it, but but this cherub had precious stones overlaid with gold. Yeah. Now, he had nine stones, so he was three short of a breastplate. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Now, now what's interesting is that if that's the case, then in Isaiah 54, verses 11 through 13, we also have mention of precious stones. Uh, people are likened to precious stones. Now, yeah. remember... He said, you'll be a peculiar treasure, treasure to yeah. me. It's the Hebrew word segula, yep. which means to be shut up. It means to be a, a jewel that's like in his hand, not yeah. something that he would wear right. around his neck or a nose ring or an earring or a toe ring or a necklace or a ring, but yet he would hold it in his hand. Treasure. And the connotation is very cool about that. And we climax this with, if Ryan could read Revelation chapter 21, Verses 18 through 21, once again, we're going to find these 12 stones once once again. 
Satan only had nine. He was overlaid with nine. And he had, of course, timbrels and pipes. So they say that he was into music and worship. And he was to collect the glory for God and give it to him. And he saw that for himself. And that's mm-hmm. how he was able to have one-third of the angels side with him, uh, these cherubim. And, and that's what happened. And, and even Yeshua makes mention that he saw Satan fall from heaven. So check out Revelation chapter 21, verses 18 through 21. All right, it says here, And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, likened to clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third uh, chalcedony, and the fourth an emerald. The fifth... Sardonyx, the sixth Sardius, the seventh Chrysolite, the eighth Beryl, the ninth a Topaz, the tenth a uh, Chrysoprosus, and the eleventh Jacinth, and the twelfth Amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. Wow. That's incredible. That's some serious... You know, look, I've always been like, you know, I don't understand the whole gold plated stuff. Like I'll see people with cars, you know how you can get like the silver package or the gold package, like on a Lexus. I've seen people (laughs) that put like gold plated stuff in their houses. They talk about like Donald Trump. Toilets. Yeah. Gold plated toilets. I think that was Saddam Hussein. The stuff in like the UAE, you know, where like everything's made out of gold or whatever. Is it real gold? And it's so funny because I look at that and I'm like, man, that's, that's ostentatious. That's weird. You know, who does that? What a waste, you know? But then I look at this and I'm like, man, I want to live there. That is something. <laughs> Which that might be a double standard, you know? Gold. But when you think that God has unlimited resources, then it's like, of course we want the best. You know, think about this though, Ryan. You just brought up a good point about gold. The menorah was made out of one talent of gold. Yeah, pure So gold. the miracle is that it held up because gold is soft and can fall and how this thing even hold up. Yeah. So, so it's interesting that, that, that the menorah is 100% gold. Yeah. It's 100% what? God. Yeah, yeah, divine, yeah. So if the oil is the Holy Spirit. Yes. And the branches are God. Yeah. And the shamash is Jesus. Yeah, there you There's go. the Godhead. Boom, right there. So let's move on. Yeah. All right. So. We're going to make this fun and exciting. Uh, all right, so this is this is cool because we're talking about the ephod still, um, the breastplate. or the, I should say the breastplate. Um, on what part of Aaron's body was he to wear or to bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment? His heart. Right over his heart. Right over his heart. So this is the idea here, right over That's his That's right. His Remember, core. Yeshua is our great high priest. Yeah. And so we're going to read uh, chapter 28, verse 30, and it talks about <laughs> the Urim and the Thummim. It says here, And thou shalt put in the breastplate of judgment, so there's a little pocket, right, in here in the breastplate. That's right. Um, in the breastplate of judgment, the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be upon Aaron's heart. When the children of Israel, I'm sorry, when he goeth in before the Lord, and Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. Now, so it helps to make decisions. The Urim and Thummim would light up. They'd give some kind of a sign that we're not sure of. It's a mystery. Right. But that pocket held the Urim and Thummim, and so when they pulled it out, it would give them an answer to their question. Correct. We don't really know what yeah. the Urim and Thummim are. But Urim is the like the Hebrew word or. Light. light. So maybe it would but light it's, up. But it's, uh, it's plural, so it's lights, right? So the, the first, you know, Urim is lights, and then the Thummim, I don't remember what that was, but it's... um. The idea being a way of making a decision. I think the thummim is like lots of some sort. Very interesting. And so it was well, a that was supernatural. A holy way to to you know speak to God, ask a question, receive an answer, that type of thing. And so wow. Um, it, the robe of the ephod was blue. So if you ever notice, you know they have the blue behind it, and that's and then heaven. The breastplate hanging over it right there. That's right. And the hem of the blue robe consisted of golden bells and pomegranates. Pomegranates, yeah, that's a, that's a detox. That's right. You can detox with a pomegranate, and it has over 600 seeds. So God wanted a golden bell, a pomegranate. Golden bell, pomegranate. Golden bell, pomegranate. That was, his, that was the decoration. And, you know, they say they found, um, you know, some, a pomegranate before over there at the Temple Mount when they're doing excavations and stuff like that. And so how Ooh. cool is that to have That's found one that you cool. might actually have one of the pomegranates from the, you know, the priestly garments? I mean, think about how a pomegranate looks, though, you know, and, and, it, and it, what it entails. It's very interesting. And it's scarlet, too. It's red. Yeah, it is. And so the people were going uh, to, be able, or to be able to hear Aaron when he ministered in the holy place. So this is interesting that 
uh, as Aaron went in, the people outside of that curtain were able to hear him speaking with the Lord. Right. The once, yeah, in the inner court, yeah, priest would serve in there, but he went into the holy place, the holy of holies, once a year. But it was kind of cool that they could hear him coming. You know, I made yeah. a little joke about Kathy and Sarah. You know, they put bells on my shoes so they can hear me coming. <laughs> Here he comes, you know. Yeah. And, and just so I can remind everyone that the high priest could serve anywhere in the tabernacle. He could serve with the menorah. He could do the table of showbread. So he was like the manager. He went around, and it's kind of like, you know, my, my son worked at Chick-fil-A, and, and he had managers that would go and help with the fries or do this or do that. And they had that, that uh, I guess, that right or yeah. that position to actually do that, which is kind of cool. That is cool, yeah. To fill in. It's kind of like what we do here. If someone's not available, somebody else fills in. Yeah. It's so important to make sure that it's fully operational. Think about it, the altar, uh, you know, a burnt offering. The, you had to keep the, the fire going all the time. All the time. Because if we ask each and every one of us, when did you come to know the Lord? Mine was in the evening, like around, you know, nighttime. Yeah, me too. It was it was early evening or whatever. But... uh carried me into the night but um some people come to the lord in the morning or in yeah. the afternoon so right. the altar uh burnt offering always had fire on it and then that fire would have to be taken and used for the uh, incense we're gonna get into that <clears throat> and so um he also had a uh a, you know an engraved plate that went on his forehead so right he had a a, a hat that we'll talk about but he had a, a plate on his a forehead plate, holy right it was gold made out of gold to the lord and it said on it, engraved, holiness to the Lord. Was it, it was Kadosh le Yahweh, right? Wow. So it had um, holiness and then la, the L, the Lamed being the two, and then, you, you know, the, the yod heh vav So it would be Kadosh le Yahweh. So we've got him all established now. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. After four pieces of furniture. So, yes, yeah, so he had six garments. <coughs> um, and so he had the ephod and the breastplate were the two additional ones for him. But what four things were made for Aaron's sons to wear? This is the other priest, the other coats, priest. girdles, bonnets, and linen breeches. Breeches. <laughs> coats, girdles, bonnets, and linen breeches. Here's uh, the uniform for the priest. That's folks. right. He's, he's, that's why, like, my kids have to wear uniforms for the school. Yeah. This makes sense. It does. It does. Well, then here's the question then. If the priest had to wear special clothing, what should we wear for our public assemblies? That's a good question. You know, Ryan, we've come into times where people are very, uh, not just complacent, but, you know, um, they they treat the church or the church service in a profane kind of way. Ooh, yeah. You know, not in a holy way. So I want to read to you in, in regards to clothing as we just read a few of these verses here. In Exodus uh, 19.14, it says, And Moses went down from the mount unto the people and sanctified the people, set them apart, mm -hmm. and they washed their clothes. Mm. Okay, so we're going to tie this all in at the bottom of this little discussion here. And they, of course, uh, they washed their clothes. Ryan, if you could read Matthew 22... Verses 11 through 14. Matthew chapter 22. 11, 11 to 14. This is in regards to clothing. All right. It says here, And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how canst thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. So here's the cool thing, Ryan, so I could just go over this parable of the wedding. God said, you know, I've got a certain group of people that I want to come to my wedding, this banquet. Yeah, that's they right. They refused. Right. So God's like, okay. You know, that's kind of a picture like of the natural branches being broken off so that we can come in. That's right. So he says, go to the highways and byways and bring them in. And that's a picture of us. Mm -hmm. But we have to do it his way. So the person took the invitation upon himself and says, I'm going. But he wasn't properly dressed. So that's why he was removed from the wedding. So even if you from, weren't one of the, the original invitees, <laughs> you know, the idea here in that parable, a lot of times I think we misinterpret it, is that it's just, you know, come one, come all, you just randomly walk in off the street wearing whatever you were wearing. But that's not necessarily you know, the case. There's going to be some, some changes. Some, they needed to make a change of they're, status, they're, change their garments. That's right. And that's, that's, you know, our garments are filthy. 
our righteousness is like filthy rags. Right. But when we put on his righteousness and clothe ourselves the way he wants to clothe us, then you're going to see how this is all tied in wrong. Ah. This is where the Christians and the church has got it I'm wrong. I'm seeing it come together. So this particular gentleman wasn't cast out into hell or anything. He just wasn't the bride. Outer darkness. He was removed from that the wedding lights. Yeah. You know, and and so we got to be mindful of this. And so we're going to conclude with this thought in Revelation 19 verses 7 through 9 with Ryan. Just so you guys understand that the enemy always wants to try to accuse us of works for salvation. Oh, yeah. But we, we want to make it very clear to everyone listening. Uh, yeah, we are justified by the finished work of the cross. Yeah. And now we're putting together our wedding dress. Yeah, now get to and work. we're going to confirm this, right? <laughs> I mean, think about it, right? When my wife and I were getting married and my wife was putting the wedding and preparing, man, she wasn't playing around. She yeah, was I hitting agree. everything she knew to do from beginning to the end. And I put together the whole honeymoon. Yeah. But as far as like everything else in our ceremony we put together, but I'm just saying that, you know, you didn't just throw something together and say, okay, we're going to just wing it or whatever. Well, no, you don't we, schlep in. planning. And preparation. Yeah. She was being prepared. She was ready. I was ready. You know, so, I heard it best said this way, right? So um, <coughs> we don't believe in works for salvation. We believe in salvation-based works. And so we're compelled from the inside out to do these things right. because we now serve we God, know. right? So read Revelation 19, 7-9. Yep. All right. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Right blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. So it says right here, For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Okay, and she's made herself ready in verse seven. So that's twofold, you know. So you're putting together your wedding dress right yeah, now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like I said, you know, if we keep it in context, we're going to understand exactly what's going on here. So once again, we have some furniture being built. We have the clothing for the high priest. We have the priest clothing, which is very important. Uh, that's why I just believe that you should be wearing tank tops to church and shorts. Yeah. I just, I'm, I mean, I know, you know, some of the young people will do that. But I kind of frown upon that. But I'm just saying that, you know, wear some khakis, wear a collared shirt, wear some decent shoes. <clears throat> you know, even the Catholics, uh, you know, the, the, the Pope and the, the fathers and the brothers, the Salesians, even the cardinals. I mean, if you stop and look, you know, they're dressed like a priest. Yeah, of course. And I got to hand that to them for that because I was raised Catholic. But, you know, and you see the collar, you know that that's a priest. You know? Right. Even the Episcopalians would wear the collar in, in, in different uh, religions. Whether well, there's it's, a uh, distinction. You can yeah, distinguish so, so, who they are. So let's let's move on to the dedication of Aaron and his sons, Ryan. You can take that one. All right. So it says here. Um, All the pieces are coming together. Right, right. It says here that what was going to happen is that they were going to wash Aaron and his sons with water when they were brought to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And so they went to the door of the tabernacle, and as part of the preparation for them to be consecrated, they washed them with water. Now, um, on Shabbat, we wash our hands with water, right? Why? Because it's a change of status. Now, during COVID times, people are like, wow, there's something about these Jewish people, you know, with the washing of the hands. <laughs> you know, they, they accused the Jews of the bubonic plague. Yeah. But yet, they, they were the cleanest ethnic group. Well, probably they, because they didn't have it as often. I'm not saying they weren't well, affected, they, they, but... They always wash their hands. They yeah. say the more you wash your hands, the less sick you'll be. Right. Well, you know, you it's know. funny. Um, I was actually noticing some some back and forth between some, uh, some you know, prominent Jewish, some Israeli figures, you know, talking about how people are going back and forth about the vaccine and who's getting the vaccine in Israel and the Palestinians and this and that and how, I guess, Saturday Night Live did like this awful skit. It was very anti-Semitic, talking about how they're, you know, again... In causing COVID, causing oh. the bubonic plague. And oh. it's like, there's just nothing new under the sun. What's that called? Blood libel? Yeah. And well, and then they were even talking about, you know, how like other anti-Semites were like mad at those people because they were distracting from their brand of anti-Semitism, you know? And it's like, <laughs> look, the anti-Semites are fighting each other for who could be the most anti-Semitic, you know? It's just sick. i have to check that out. You know, I heard something about that, but I didn't see it. Yeah, it was... Uh, Let's Ye do the dedication. Malka Fleischer, Yishai Fleischer's wife, she was posting about it. Um, and it was just, it's interesting, you know, because... Uh, we believe, you know, I, I think sometimes I'm such, I, I say good natured, right? I like to think of myself as good natured, right. but I think that like not everybody thinks and, and feels the way that I do. Right. And so it's weird when that stuff happens and you're like, man, these people are like hate Jews. Like yeah, it's how not funny, which is not, it's, it's not, funny. it's not comedy. It's not. 
So um, anointing oil was poured upon Aaron's head. Makes sense because he's being anointed for a purpose set apart to God. Amen. Um, for a sin offering, a bullock was offered for Aaron and his sons. And then two rams. The first ram being offered up for Aaron and his sons for a burnt offering. And then the second one was a uh, also a ram offered uh, for Aaron and his sons for a consecration so offering. Just just so we know, the sin offering is totally consumed. Yes. And that's mandatory. Yeah, and that you, was the, you, all of us need a sin offering. A bull offering. So right. the, the priests needed a sin offering. They weren't perfect. The first ram was offered up for Aaron and his sons for a burnt offering. That's voluntary. Yes. So the burnt offering is voluntary. The meal or meat offering or grain offering is voluntary. Yes. So is the peace offering. It's voluntary. Yes. So we ask the question, where is your sacrifice? Because mm. we all need a sin offering and a guilt offering or trespass, trespass offering. offering. Yeah. So there are sins and then there are the trespasses. You sure. Know? So it, it covers everything. So we can trespass against each other. We can trespass against God. And though we see that no trespassing sign. And what do we do? We jump over the fence and explore. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> so let's continue on, Ryan, doing a good job here. All right. So what three body parts <coughs> was the blood of the second ram applied to? So remember, the second ram is for consecration. And so what is consecration? It's the process of anointing something, separating it for God, right? So we're consecrating that it. blood of se- consecration. For a purpose. Right. And so... Through this process, uh, they're taking the blood of that consecration offering, and they're going to be putting it in three places. Pastor Nick, where are we putting uh, it? Tip of the right ear, on the thumb of the right hand, and on the great toe of their right foot. So the right the ear. The right-hand side of God, you know. The right hand the right. and the right foot. I feel sorry for the southpaws, <laughs> the left-handed people right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny when our kids start to learn to write. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I had a couple of them that were doing left and right, and I didn't force the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they went to the right. Yeah. And it's funny how we get in those situations, and there's some Southpaws out there. There are. Left-handed. My dad's a Southpaw. But anyway, it's just something to think about. It's kind of interesting. It like, is. It's very interesting. So, um, you know, there's there's a, a lot of discussion about this, and the question begs, why did God pick the three body parts that he did to apply the blood and anointing oil on Aaron and his sons? You know, if you think about the three body parts that are here, uh, it's it's like the it's the number three is divine. Yeah, it's like your back. There's three regions for your back: cervical, thoracic, lumbar. Mm, interesting. See, so so what's what's interesting is that when you do the tip of the right ear, it's like may you hear the voice of God. May you hear what you need to hear. Mm, my sheep hear, hear my, my voice, voice and they obey and they know me. Yeah. See, so I don't have to question it or fight with anybody. What are you doing, Nick? Well, I've, this is what Yeshua spoke to me. Right. And this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then there's the backlash. But on the thumb of the right hand, you know, it's for grabbing. What are you doing with your hands? Yeah. Are you being productive or destructive? You know, so what are you doing with your right hand? Uh, you know, uh, think about it. You know, all the things we can do. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the first one is hearing. The second one is the right action. And being at the right place at the right time is on the great toe of the, of the right foot. They say that if you took your big toe off you lose your balance oh yeah so it's something to think about that you don't have good balance if you don't have your toe or your thumb you can't grab if you don't have a thumb right if the big toe's missing or something it's going to be um it's going to be trouble you know it's like mahomes had trouble at that Super oh Bowl he sure did because they said that he had turf toe yeah and he's gonna have to have surgery on it so he's trying to run around for like 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage Oy. and he did the best he could but you could tell that he was a little gimpy there yeah but he gave it his all you know short of cortisone or something so ryan once again you know what are we listening to what are we doing with our hands yeah you know are we smacking are we embracing i mean what are we yeah. doing and then of course where are we going geographically speaking what where are we going with our bodies and our lives that yep. maybe we shouldn't yeah you know to go from my house to here is a great joy. And then from here, you know, I can go home. Right. So I'm not out driving around, running around. That's why we really pray for you. You're on the road a lot. Yep. And you're going to appointments and you just don't have to pray for traveling mercies. You just thank him. Yeah. You see all the nut bags out there. Let me just tell you how much travel mercy I've been given in my life. I have favor. Praise God. I, and I'll tell you what, I've seen several <laughs> uh, accidents. I've come on recently on several accidents where people rear-ended somebody else, you know, and uh, before the cops got there and everything, I mean, I've, I've been there and it wasn't me. I wasn't involved in those accidents. And, and while I don't wish it upon anybody, right. right, I'm thankful that it wasn't me. Amen. Um, and that God's hedge of protection is around me. You know, the, the ear, the hand and the foot, um, as I look at it, I'm thinking, 
that these priests, right, Aaron and his sons. That's like you're, you're, you're thinking about this is your head. Yeah. Your your body. Mm-hmm. And then your legs. Yeah. The three parts of the torso. Right. Of the, well, and you're, they're being consecrated to the Lord. And so in this case, they're no longer their own, right? So who do they listen to? They listen to the Lord, right? Now, upon whose instructions do they take action on? The Lord's, right? right. And what places are they going to? Well, they've now been anointed, Aaron at least, to go into the Holy of Holies to with his feet, right? And so I think of, you know, what does God say? He says that if you will... Obey my voice and keep, right? my covenant. and keep my covenant, then you'll be above all people. This is that next, even next level, right? And so they've been anointed and consecrated. And you know, another thing too is, you know, if you think about your hands, you know, um, it really within Christianity, among the feast days for the Jewish people, there's a lot of things to do with your hands. Yeah. You make unleavened bread. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you light candles. Yeah. You, uh, you know, these customs and things. And then, of course, you build a sukkah, yep. you know. You, you, you like the Hanukkah, you know, these, these traditions and customs and stuff that the Jewish people have. Actually, you're, you're doing something and you're giving this memory to your children that these are the things that we need. They had to put the blood on the doorpost. Yeah. With the, with the you know, the hyssop brush. Yeah. So, and one of my favorite things about, <laughs> um, you know, just the, the Jewish people's like rabbinical traditions and the writings that they have is they've really done a lot of thinking. And it, boy, is it evident. I mean, just I, I don't know of any group of people that has taken you know, any text period, but much less, you know, scriptures. Right. And just dissected it to like the nth degree. Oh, yeah. To the point where like, you know, we think about... 500 years worth We of, think uh, about commentary. the Shema, right? And things like, is it more blessed to say it or is it more blessed to hear it? You know, things like that. Shema these, means what? To hear and right. obey? Right. Hear and, and do? Right. And so these conversations and the Shema being, right? So The Lord is one. Even Yeshua said it. Exactly. He said the Shema. That's right. All right. We got to keep moving. So he believes in the If we don't keep it. moving, we're not gonna we're not gonna make it in time. Um, how many days were needed to consecrate Aaron and his sons? Boy, this was an incredible event. I'm sure we're gonna get to see it um, in Heavenly Flicks. That's up there. I got a subscription. <laughs> seven. It was seven, seven days. That's and correct. Seven means completion. Seven means completion. Can you read uh, chapter twenty nine, verse thirty six? And thou shalt offer every day a bullock for a sin offering for atonement, and thou shalt cleanse the altar when thou hast made an atonement for it, and thou shalt anoint it to sanctify it. Amen. So, there so every day there's a bullock. So now this yeah. is like the standard operation. Now that you've been consecrated for seven days, you're initiated, you're in, you're in the priesthood, you're in, you know, we call it seminary, whatever you want to call it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Now all of a sudden... These these are some of the things that you're going to be doing on a regular basis. Yeah. So and thou shalt it's an ordination, every day right? For sin offering, it's an ordination. Cleanse the altar when thou hast made an atonement for it, and thou shalt anoint it to sanctify. So a sin offering, every day a bull had to go up. Yeah. On there as a sin offering, okay. And actually, you can actually partake of some of that. Yeah. A burnt offering is totally consumed, uh, and so there's really nothing left over with that. And so as we continue on here. Yeah, uh, I would say that. Uh, well, let me see. We're here. going to the altar now. And okay. So, yeah. There we go. There right? we go. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. So, so whatever touches the altar shall be what? Shall be holy. So anything grabs that horn, right? The holy. Burnt, the burnt offering, the altar of burnt offering, yep. is holy. You know, you remember that Adonijah, I believe it was, uh, grabbed the horns of the altar and Solomon spared his life. Yeah. And he said, "Watch it, watch it, buddy." Yeah. Because you know, you try to take the throne. And I got my eye on you. That's right. So he made some rules for him, and he broke it. But when he grabbed the horns of the altar a second time, he said, no, you're gone. Uh, Joab was the nephew of King David. And, and King David says, don't let Joab get away with all the things that he did, all of his shenanigans. That's right. Don't let him get away with it. So he grabbed the horns of the altar, but he was, he was guilty. He was guilty. So he can't just get, a, it's not a technicality where, oh, I grabbed the horns of the altar, I'm forgiven, it's free. Yeah, no, no. No, there's still justice. It doesn't it's work It's like the way. cities of refuge. If you flee to it and you're innocent, you'll be okay. Yeah. But if you flee to the city of refuge and you're guilty, you'll be judged. You'll be yeah. punished. You'll be extradited. <laughs> yeah. Excommunicated and extradited and judged and killed. Yeah. So anyway. Um, so how many lambs were offered up each day <coughs> and at what time of day? We had two. Uh, one in the morning and one in the evening. This is every day. Every day. A bull for a sin offering and two lambs. One in the morning, one in the afternoon. So that was like corporate. That's a corporate offering. Yeah. Not counting the people coming. Right, 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 right. Because so, people know, could bring their own offering. Right. right. This was um, specifically to be done as the service. Um, so if it was a really slow day, then a bull and two lambs. 
Oh, either way, yeah. you had to get that in. Gotcha. And so, uh, in verse uh, forty-three of chapter twenty-nine, it says, "And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory." Wow, Pretty cool. And so they've started the sacrificial process here, and um, you know we're going to move into the altar of incense. And here's what's interesting: they say that the incense mixture prevented insects from getting around. So here's what I'm thinking, okay? We've waited up to this point. We've started the process of doing stuff, and then the bugs started to show up, and they're like, you know what? <laughs> we need some incense to get rid of, you know, the flies. And that's just me making that up, but... That's an interesting point, though. Sounds like fun. You do this, and this is what happens, right. you know? I guess they say if you take a big bag of water and you seal it and you hang it up, it keeps the flies away. Huh. I've seen it work, so I don't understand the... I don't concept. understand it either. Maybe so it's the reflection or something throws them off or something, or they think maybe oh, there's more flies. Maybe so. The altar of incense was the fifth piece of furniture the Lord gave. That's right. So the first one was build. the Ark of the Covenant. Yep. Then we had the table of showbread. Nope. The menorah. Yes. Yeah. Table, table of showbread. You're right. You're right. The menorah. Yep. I've only been doing this for twenty years. <laughs> only twenty. I better get it right. Only twenty. I better get it right. No editing. Tell everyone. We don't edit. We definitely don't edit. We yeah. do not edit. Yeah. We don't need to. No, we don't. Uh, so the Ark of the Covenant, Table of Showbread, the Menorah, then the Altar of Burnt Offering. Now the Altar of Incense. Yep. Cool. And so we only have one left, which is the laver. We just haven't gotten to the laver yet. And so um, the Altar of Incense was made much like the Ark <laughs> of the Covenant and um, the Table of Showbread. It was made of sheatim wood. Uh, four horns, a crown all the way around it, and overlaid with pure gold. It had staves or poles so that it could be carried. And it was located before the veil uh, that is the Ark of the Testimony. So there's a veil in between the holy place and the Holy of Holies. The Ark is behind the veil. The altar of incense is on the other side. And uh, the altar was to burn incense in the morning and evening perpetually. So there's always incense burning on it. They would get the fire for the altar of incense from the altar burn offering. Altar burn offering. Yeah, that's right. And the four things that were forbidden to place on the altar of incense were: no strange incense, no burnt sacrifice, no meat offering, and no drink offering. And so they had uh, very specific things that were allowed to be burnt on this altar of incense. And so uh, there was, however, one thing that was put on the altar of incense once per year, and that was the blood of the sin offering of atonement. So on Yom Kippur, they would uh, bring the blood of the sin offering in, and it would they would uh, dash some, you know, onto the uh, the altar of incense. You know, the um, Aleph Beta, the Orthodox Jews that put this. Um Organization that Rabbi Foreman and Emu Shalev and <coughs> it actually promotes the the Torah and the reading of the Torah and the understanding of it and commentary. But they make these little like cartoons that are five, ten, twelve minutes long. And this last one was very interesting. That you know, from an aerial view, or if you look at the tabernacle furniture, the way it's set up, it, it could be a face. Yeah. So the Ark of the Covenant is the brain. Yep. Okay. The two eyes is the menorah and the table of showbread, so you see the flames, you see the bread. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not replaced or consumed until after seven days. Right. So you see the light of the menorah, you see the light around the inner court, you see the table of showbread, and then, of course, the altar of incense would be something that we smell. Mm -hmm. So it's the face of God. And then the altar burnt offering is the mouth, very interesting. Yeah. You know, and of course the labor is, is just the water, the washing of the water of the word. But anyway, quite fascinating as you begin to look at six pieces of furniture, three compartments, you know, and, and by the way, I want to say this too as well, an aerial view of the tabernacle, it looks like a cross. It does, yeah. So many people want to argue over the, the, the symbol of the cross and everything, and did he die like this, or did he die like this? But the cross is a symbol. You sure know, is. And uh, it's a very powerful symbol, and of course it was used in a bad way during the Crusaders, or the Crusades and everything like that. But, but and even Jesus' name was used uh, in a bad way. But I would say that th what's interesting about this, this altar of incense, Ryan, is that uh, it's in heaven. So when John was taken up there, some of these pieces of furniture are found in heaven. So I want to make uh, known to everyone listening or watching on YouTube, the caption is silence in heaven. This is Revelation chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. This is incredible. And when he had opened the seventh seal... 
there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. So remember, Ryan, we have seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls. Three sevens, sevens completion. So it says right here, when he opened the seventh seal. So, and, and I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Yeah. So a seal is like the seal with the ring, you know? Yep. It closes yep. the scroll. Yep. It opens it up. <coughs> so, anyway, it, it, it's going to open up these seven so, seals. So there's one scroll with seven seals on it, right? right? Yeah. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. So the golden altar would be the altar of incense. Yeah. Because we have the altar of burnt offering. Now notice, another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. Yeah. The golden censer holds the incense. Is anybody getting that? Yeah. Uh, and there was given unto him much incense. This is you know representative of prayer that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. So we know the altar of incense is before his throne. Yep. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And then we get into seven trumpets. Right. So this is a sequence of events that's quite fascinating. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know if, if you could do it, Ryan, but I don't know if you just want to take that camera real quick, maybe, and just, can you just, or no, it would be kind of hard just to videotape the altar of incense over there on the other side, maybe? Sure, I can actually just take a shot of it later, and then I can put it on, yeah, okay. for sure. So anyway, we, we have an altar of incense that we put out for our prayer meeting. It's, yeah, and it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's actually made to spec. So if you think about a cubit, and the dimensions that are given for this altar of incense and the staves and the rings and the crown molding around it, you know, the crown, uh, we, we, we actually have that. So Ryan will put a picture up just for the sake of, of, the, of the teaching and everything. But, you know, prophetically, Ryan, that's the piece of furniture that we are all in in the church age. Yeah. They talk about the seven churches represent church ages. Well, I personally believe, Ryan, that we are at the altar of incense. Yeah. Uh, even James Dobson made the reference that the only thing we have left to do now is to pray. Yeah. Because so much is happening. How much can we do? So prayer is so important that we pray God's will. You know, and, and we have a model prayer called the Our Father. Yeah. We won't get into all that, but it's a model on how to pray. Yeah. You know, it sets us up how to pray. And then after that, he talks about, hey, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Yeah. So there's so much hate in the world and unforgiveness and offenses and people just carrying bitterness and resentment. Boy, we have to resolve that. You know, with our we conscience sure and yeah. with the Spirit of God, Ryan. So, like I said, I, I'm just fascinated by this, you know. And so, the reason why I'm excited is because we put out our altar of incense every Monday. Yeah. And we put the prayers on top of it. And we pull the prayers off and, and go over them. Right. So, we have our list of prayers and then we pray for all the prayers. But it's interesting that at this time in Revelation, our prayers are going to be hurled back down to the earth and answered. Amen. You know, so that's kind of cool. Amen. And of course, there's some there's some weather activity going on. You know, there Texas is. is having a major freeze. All these things are happening that are just unheard of. And it's all about these weather patterns. You yeah. know, the, the weather's just gone mad. But it says right here, there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. So if we're seeing all these things in the earth, how much more from earth that will come from heaven yeah. to start doing some things? He says, I will shake the heavens and the earth, the land and the sea. And what's an earthquake underwater but a tsunami? Yeah. You know, remember that one Christmas, 250,000 people perished. You know, they said before the tsunami hit, all the animals hit the high ground because they could sense it. They have that sense. Yeah. And, and animal behavior was, they have do documented, have videos of it, that they were getting to higher ground and going up in the trees. And then the tsunami hit and the animals even had more common sense and knew better than the, even the humans at that point. Wow. Yeah. So just something to think about, everybody, that this, this altar of incense is so important. You know, when I was in uh, Jerusalem, I went to the Temple Institute. And at the Temple Institute, you can buy, <coughs> you know, like a jar of the Temple Incense, right? Wow. So I, I bought it, that. obviously, because why? I mean, of all the things to buy there, you know what I mean? You, know, you could buy pictures of things, paintings. It's not to be profaned. It is not, absolutely not. So what I did is um, we use it on Havdalah, right? So some people listen to smell cinnamon or different spices and things like that. And so it's really just the spices. It's not the actual incense. You couldn't burn this right. stuff. It's just a jar of, 
of um, what it would smell like, right? Right. And uh, and so at Havdalah, you know, it, you know, I, I, as the Shabbat is closing, our family we sit around the, the table, totally and, right? Febreze, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we listen or uh, we sing, you know, some songs or whatever, light the Havdalah candle, and, and then we pass it around, you know, and we smell the spices. And what's cool is what you're doing is, and we were talking about this last night at Torah study about how the smell is one of the most like basic senses that really the highest form of learning right it connects you to events right so you smell something and it's, let's say it's your grandmother's biscuits or cooking in some form right? and you smell <laughs> it and you're like oh that's uh, it smells like my grandma or whatever and it brings you right back to your childhood and that moment and that place or whatever same idea here with these these uh, things and you smell these incense on Havdalah and it's, it's like man the, the Shabbat is a sweet smell you know and that you're associating this positive smell with the Shabbat and you know how you the experience the that you've box, had yeah. and the rest and all that so it was kind of cool so um just a thought so pastor nick what two lessons did you take from the tour portion tetzave uh, i would just um i would say one thing okay. not two things believe okay. it or not some people like to have three things four things yeah yeah i would say this though uh that if god gives us a template or a pattern Follow the pattern. Mm, I agree. Because they say that imitation is the highest form of flattery. So I would follow the pattern. Uh, there's an expression, don't reinvent the wheel. Right. So if God is laying this stuff out for us, follow the pattern. Look at the template and f- keep to the pattern of God. Yeah, I agree with that. I would say that uh, we need to take things a little more seriously. There's a time for things to to be you know, symbolic, and then there's a time for things to be ceremonial. And I think that uh, as a overall, uh, as an overall community of believers, we have gotten further and further away from reverencing or revering the things of God. So what do we do? We come to church, like you mentioned, in shorts and flip-flops, right? We don't prepare ourselves in any way, shape, or form to to come to church. Um, you know, that uh, we, we look at the ceremonies of the Torah— and we almost stick our nose up at them, and we don't realize the importance is not because this is what God needs us to do for his sake, but this is a way for God to get us in the right frame of mind and in the right place at the right time to get our hearts in the right place, to learn from him, and to really experience the fullness and the richness of what God has for us. And so these things, as if ceremonial, we almost use that word ceremonial to mean not important, right? It's just done... What does the ceremony do, though, Ryan? For it pomp slows, and it circumstance. It slows us down. It gives Absolutely. us time to think and to ponder something. You know? And I would say number, the number two thing. I would have to say this, though. If I'm going to keep the pattern of God... So God is a God of order. Oh, absolutely. So like every time I come home, I put my keys on my nightstand. Yes. There's two sets up. And then they're there when you need them. <laughs> I'll tell you, even so, I'll put my car keys in my right pocket and the church keys in my left pocket. And, that, and I got this, this system. Yeah. But it's order. And I know how it works. I'm not going to dig in my... Oh, those are the... I've already designed myself to know gotcha. car keys, right pocket, church, left pocket. And, and that's the thing. You know, all my belts are together. Pants here, shirts, long sleeve, short sleeve, you know. So so when you do this, God is a God of order. Yeah. The accurate arrangement of things. Why and are Pastor you Nick is a pastor of order. I'm just saying that. I'm not totally OCD, but I got order, you know. Yeah. But, but I just say that. Because the O and OCD is order. Because order is the accurate arrangement of things. Yes. You know. And so I'll tell you what's funny is even now, the one thing I got to work on is that you ever try to find like major paperwork? Oh, Where yeah. did I do, where'd that warranty go? Yeah, right. You know, we had a, we-, we Where's that insurance we, policy? Where's my birth certificate? We went to my, uh, my mother-in-law's timesharing. We there, we went through the whole rigmarole and did the whole spiel, right? Yeah, yeah. And we did, sat through the whole thing and we got a free week. Yep. And I lost it. So then I called- and I'm like being persistent, you know, like with it or whatever. And so they gave me the code number. So mm. I do have the code. There you go. Because I was like, I can't lose a week. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah. I no, mean, I went is, through an hour and a half yeah, of a pitch. I wrote a golf card. <laughs> I was dripping with sweat. <laughs> no. But anyway, so my wife ends up finding it. Good, good, good. So good. anyway, that's make good. a long story short. Yeah, yeah. That's it. We're done. That's it. Tetzave, you shall command in the bag another podcast, another week. You know, <laughs> we get this tour portion for a week and then it's gone. And then next week we get another one, you know, but then we can wait till next year and we get it again, you know, but that's, we really got to savor these things and really enjoy it while we have it. Amen. Amen. God, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you that 
You have given us the joy of your salvation through your son, Yeshua, and that, God, we get the Torah, your teachings and instructions, loving instructions from a father to his children, and that uh, you've given it to us in such a simple way, Father. And so we love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, thank you so much. If you want to reach out, you can comment on any of our social media platforms. You can email me directly at ryan at twopraise.net. Bless you guys. Have a great week.